Sapphire, Part 6 Natasha delved into the wood of ash, oaks and spruce. Overhead, a gentle wind brushed through the canopy, shifting the night-dyed leaves. The dense ceiling only served to plunge her into a deeper, unrelenting darkness beyond what the night could offer. As she faltered over the treacherous undergrowth and wove between the trees and bushes, for once in her life, she was thankful to her mother for being so pushy about after-school fitness clubs. Her preparation finally found practical use, but capable as she was, it was a tall order to escape an animal in human skin. Liam's heavy footfalls whipped through the undergrowth as he gave chase in the distance. Natasha searched for a place to hide. Eventually, she spied a gap under an overhanging ridge, walled off by a curtain of vines and a smattering of bramble. She dove right through, accepting the thorn and nettle stings as a small price to pay for refuge. Within the dark hole, she crouched and waited with bated breath, hoping to hear the whip of those feet pass right by. But instead, they came to an abrupt halt. They were replaced by careful, even steps, and although she could no longer hear Liam, she could tell he was nearby. I can't hear you running anymore, he said, which means that you find somewhere to hide. A much better strategy. Natasha squeezed her eyes closed and leaned back. She prayed for this nightmare to end. Are you under a tree, a bush, or a mound of grass? Let me see. She changed her breathing pattern to shallow inhales and exhales. It was much quieter that way. Liam walked into view. He was just a shadow in the distance, framed by a starry night sky, but his outline was disturbing, like he'd grown taller and was more crooked. I bet you taste delicious, you know. It's always the ones who put up the most fight that make the most satisfying meal. Something instinctual told her that this was not mere theatrics. Something told her that he truly wanted to feed on her, like a cannibal. Then again, one needed to be human to be a cannibal. Natasha retrieved her pocket knife and held it outstretched as if the tiny weapon could offer any real protection now. Liam continued to slink back and forth, kicking bushes and peering up trees. On several occasions, he appeared to be moving away, but then he returned to the same spot, as if that were his base. There's something you should know about my kind. His voice carried easily within the hush. We are enhanced in a great many respects. Each of our senses are superior, especially our smell. It's not quite as well-rounded as some animals, because we are limited to one scent in particular. You see, we have an uncanny skill to track blood. No, one drop is all we need to find the source. Please. He raised his hands and twirled his elongated fingers. Good thing is, I still have yours under my nails. Yes, that was true. He had her blood from when he scratched her in the car park. But the rest of it had to be lies, surely. He was bluffing to flush her out. As he brought his fingers up to his face and inhaled, Natasha receded further into her hiding place. Her heart felt like it stopped in her chest as he slowly twisted his head to stare in her direction. A wicked grin spread across his face. Without another thought, Natasha exploded out of her hiding place and pelted in the opposite direction. She climbed a hill with both her hands and feet, but Liam was so fast, he laughed as he gave chase. 
She was about to duck behind a tree when he tackled her, knocking the wind right out of her lungs. The pair went spinning in a tangle of flailing limbs. Natasha battered him, but he batted her fists away. There's a good girl. He pinned her to the ground by the shoulders. Such a sweet girl. His face had transitioned further, becoming even more hideous. It was a mottled grey, sagging so much it almost fell off his skull, like an oversized jumper. She tried desperately to break free. This is so adorable, you know, he cackled, still fighting, even when you've already lost, even when there's nowhere to go. Please just let me go, I won't tell anyone. Liam leaned in. An eager expression was plastered across his face. Oh, I'm not worried about that. No one would even believe you if you did. A few have gotten away, but no one ever believes. Abruptly, she dropped the frightened act. Liam only had half a second to register his confusion as she drove her knee up as hard as she possibly could and connected squarely with his testicles. She received the desired result. He doubled over and toppled to the side. She scrambled back and rose up, then stared down at him as her veins pumped a thick, sludge-like anger. Look at you now, just another pathetic boy with sore balls. She considered trying to use Ben's pocket knife to slit his throat, but when she neared him, he made to grab her. Luckily, she was out of reach, but it was enough to decide her. It was too risky to attack him. He was a wounded lion. Instead, she tried to capitalize on it by continuing up the hill, About a hundred yards later, she reached the top. In almost every direction, there were dense woodlands as far as the eye could see, except in one area, where the trees thinned and faded rapidly. Desperately, she decided she had to at least try that way for the small possibility of civilization. That was her last hope. With another glance over her shoulder, she saw Liam staggering to his feet and wobbling up the hill, disorientated. That wouldn't last long. As she made for the clearing, Her mind returned to her fifth year of secondary school. That was when she'd raced Gemma Hughes for the gold medal in cross country. Natasha had run out of steam near the end and finished second. She was utterly devastated as she shook the hand of the person who defeated her. But just let her win this race. Just let her win and she would never regret that lost medal again. On the way, Natasha picked up a large stick she spotted in the grass. It was almost a club the way it was shaped. She was unsure what good it could do against a thing like Liam, but the weight of it offered some comfort. When she emerged from the last of the trees into clear space, she found no civilization. There were lights, but those were miles and miles in the distance. She had come to the edge of a cliff. Below, she'd hoped to find a body of water she could maybe jump into, but she saw only rocks. Though she had to admit, even if it was water, it was probably much too high to survive. That was it. Her final gamble hadn't worked, and now she was easy prey again. It had all been for nothing. She wanted to burst into tears. Why couldn't she get one fucking break? Liam trudged towards her. His steps became normal and methodical as he realised she was trapped. Going to jump, are we? Natasha gazed down, thinking. Go on and try it if you like. It's a long way. Would you like that? Makes zero difference to me. I could have you whole, or I could have you as a soup to mop up with bread. Natasha swallowed roughly. That almost reminded her of her granny, who was very old-fashioned in her methods of raising children. Oft, she told stories of monsters coming in the middle of the night to devour little girls who misbehaved. 
first to start with your fingers, then your toes, then for dessert, your eyes and your nose, my little Nat-Nat. Liam certainly seemed like such a monster come true. Or you could come with me willingly, and we might be able to work something out. Work something out? That surprised her. We could still salvage this night. Perhaps I was too hasty. Natasha realized something just then, and the thought made her laugh so hard she threw her head back. What's so funny? Liam asked. Care to share the joke? Just how easy it is to see through your bluff. And what bluff is that? That you don't really want me to jump. You think so? I can hear it in your voice. I can see it in your body language. I can smell it on you like some kind of desperate cologne. I wouldn't be so confident if I were you. Do you believe you're the only one with astute senses, you ugly, arrogant asshole? I'm not sure what you are, but I can tell that I'm absolutely useless to you dead. That's why you're trying to negotiate. That's why you're edging towards me, to stop me before I can jump. Like I said, it makes zero difference to me. You expect me to believe that. Your fear has driven you to delusion. Perfing. The way he stretched his face was so unnatural, as if to lend some kind of credence to the lie. Natasha used to find it hard to tell with liars, but she'd come to learn they all had one common flaw. They were all quite effective, until you caught them in that first lie. Once you saw that, it was like seeing the strings or the stage setting of a play. You couldn't unsee it. Liam may have been a monster, but he was also a man. If he could be brought to the ground by a firm kick to the balls, he could also be caught in a lie once his hand was revealed. Fuck you, Natasha said. I'd rather die on my own terms than be your meal. She veered around and ran as fast as she could, pumping her legs for every ounce of energy they had left, hurtling towards the edge. No, stop, he yelled as he pursued. She ran all the way to the edge, Then, at the last possible moment, she dug her heels into the soft earth, both going low and swinging behind her with that large stick in one movement. Liam was running so fast that he couldn't halt his momentum. He connected with the stick, screamed, then went tumbling right over the edge of the cliff. Natasha watched as he plummeted, almost in slow motion, and cracked his head against the rocks. The snap of his neck was sickening. Had it been someone else, She'd have averted her gaze and probably vomited, but with him, she just stared. His body lay as a twisted ruin. His head barely seemed to be hanging on. She waited there quietly. After all that had happened since the club, it felt impossible for him truly to be dead, for her to be safe, but the minutes rolled by and he remained there, pasted to the rocks. Reality dawned on her. He really was dead. She had really killed him and there wasn't a single drop of guilt or remorse to that revelation. Finally, she felt the release and buried her face into her hands. She wept and wept, so thankful to be alive. After a long while of sitting there in the dark, like a mess, she realized that she was still in the middle of nowhere and maybe a long way from civilization. Although she felt safe, that might be far from the truth. She rose up and trekked back towards the woods, She would have to return to the car wreck first and see if Liam had hidden her handbag somewhere inside. He might have taken it to ensure that nobody else found it. Hopefully, no other cars had passed or reported the wreckage yet, else she'd have some awkward questions to answer. As she trudged through the undergrowth and the adrenaline wore off, 
she soon became aware of a burning sensation under her ear. When she touched her neck and drew her fingers away, she was quite dismayed to find blood. Upon searching for the source of the bleeding, she found a twin set of holes. They must have come from that skirmish beneath the tree. Liam must have bitten her with those large fangs. They'd gone in deep, but it didn't feel like anything to be concerned about in the immediate future.